Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver. We are here to bring you more knowledge, more lights, and more love. We have a fantastic guest this week. I'm very excited to talk to Sharon Martin, Dr. Sharon Martin. She wrote an incredible book, Maximize Your Healing Power, Shamanic Healing Techniques to Overcome Your Health Challenges. It's an absolutely amazing book. I can't wait to talk to her about this. We're going we're gonna to have an incredible interview. But first, I need you to do something for me. Follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow us there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, wherever you go to get your podcast, click that button that connects us so you know exactly what's going on. When somebody like Dr. Martin comes on, boom, you get that notification to your device. And if it's in the future, perhaps you're Neuralink. I'm not sure, but you know instantly. And of course, please do this for me. Tell a friend, tell someone that you know that loves these type of podcasts. Think of all the high frequency information that we've encoded in this thing with all of these guests and the lectures and everything. You know it's going to help people. Get it out there for me. Tell people. Bring them here. Midnightonearth.com. Okay, so we're just about to talk to Dr. Sharon Martin, but we have to read her bio. So here we go. Sharon E. Martin, MD, PhD, graduated from John Hopkins School of Medicine and is a board-certified physician of internal medicine with a doctorate in physiology. She is a graduate of the Healing the Light Body curriculum of the Four Winds Society and the host of two radio shows, Maximum Medicine and Sacred Magic, which air on the Transformation Talk Radio Network. Dr. Sharon Martin's first loves were and are the creatures of our earth. Two-legged, four-legged, finned, and furred. Dr. Sharon's schooling began in traditional ways. Graduate degree in physiology, medical degree in internal medicine, and she grew to understand that we are at a choice point in our evolution as humans. We talk about this on the podcast constantly. Yes, of course we are. And she knows it too. She's telling people. She then began studying alternative healing, energy medicine, and esoteric teachings. As a physician and shamanic healer, Dr. Sharon Martin offers a unique ability to guide you through these challenges. She blends the worlds of traditional Western medicine with the mystical ancient teachings. With this holistic approach, we can look beyond what appears to be significant limitations to shift your destiny and call in a more vibrant life. If you work with Sharon, she can unlock the challenges facing you and help you find ways to move forward and currently She's a doctor and a rural health clinic in Houstontown, Pennsylvania, and she's here with us right now. Hello, Dr. Sharon Martin. Hi, Jake. Thank you so much for bringing me on your show. Oh, my goodness. I love people like you. Well, I just love you already. I can tell your energy is amazing, but I love people like you that are the bridge. You're the bridge between the third dimensional matrix. These people, the, the beloved humans are our family. These billions of people that are kind of caught in a third dimensional matrix understanding and they need the higher information. You're one of the bridge people. You understand both worlds and you're connecting both worlds. And I just love that about you. Thank you. I love that too. <laughs> I think it's my, I think it's my calling because um, it's really about waking us up. It's about getting us to see we're more 
and reminding us that I see I see on your um, background image, you're floating in the galaxy. Yes. We are connected to the stars. We're made of stardust. Exactly. Um, we, we need to expand our view of ourselves and our connections within the world and the galaxy. So that's what I'm all about. Yes, yeah, some people would say that's activating a universal consciousness where you don't identify with being from a state or a country or even a planet like Earth, our beautiful Earth. You actually identify with being a being within the network of life within the cosmos. And that's what some people call the universal consciousness or even the galactic consciousness. I think that's what you're talking about. And if you want to drill that down a little, I think that's the frontier of mainstream medicine. If mainstream medicine is brave enough to step into it, is using our awareness and our consciousness to change our our destiny. Yes, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that because it is the evolution of the science. It's hit that physical point in order to expand further out and become something else, it needs to integrate that information, that other information that it's kind of been neglecting. And that type of medicine in your book you call allopathic, right? Allopathic, for people that don't know, is just traditional medicine, right? Mainstream, mainstream. There's some people who use the word traditional for things that have been around for thousands of years, the indigenous and medicine men and women. To me, traditional is what you think of when you think of Western medicine, when you go to the doctor's office. Okay. Um, that's mainstream traditional what people medicine these days. And I wanna I wanna wake that up. So then tell me, Sharon, when did you start to awaken this shamanic perspective in your own life? You came from a traditional family, as you talk about in your book, but there were moments of what you called woo-woo. But really, what was the activation point where you really kind of stepped into shamanic understanding? So I probably was, in terms of a soul journey, waking up all along. But the my human mind in the 3D world didn't get it until the um, time that I talk about at the beginning of my book, um, when I was in my clinic late at night at the end of a week. Shall I tell the story? Oh, yes. That's what we're here for, of course. Okay, good. We love stories. Yes. <laughs> all right. So um, I'm in a rural clinic in a very, very um, dense, uh, low population county in south central Pennsylvania. Long, hard week, really hard week, stressful. Friday, five o'clock, and I'm ready to go home. And I'm tired, and I need to go home. And it's a 40-minute drive to get home from the clinic. And the receptionist comes back down the hall with a worried look on her face because there's a young man in the waiting room with his girlfriend, and he's in trouble emotionally. And instantly my brain is going okay somebody's in trouble emotionally on a friday evening late they this is not my patient they're probably having a psychotic break and if they're having a psychotic break then i'm going to have to you know involuntary commit i'm going to have to call the state police to transport the person, all, all these thoughts of, oh, no, I'm going to be here till eight o'clock at night. This is not going to be fun. Wait for the state police to come to transport, send the, the person. Oh, my gosh. And so I go and I take this young man into the waiting room. Well, you know, Jake, when I look back on it, this young man is filled with light. I mean, I didn't know about these things then. I wouldn't have had that language. But when I look back on what I know now, he was beaming. He was blonde, blonde, curly hair. He looked like a cherub. He was absolutely glorious. 
But at that moment, I'm like, <laughs> I am not charitable. So I take him in the office and he says, I see things that are going to happen to people. And I said, okay. And he said, they're bad things. And all day and all night, I can't sleep. I'm seeing these things. And I said, well, what do you mean? I said, are you having dreams? He said, well, they're not really dreams. He said, for example, I saw the picture of the car. I knew the color of the car and I saw it cross the intersection and hit my grandmother's friend's car, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. And I said, well, are you are you actually talking to people who aren't there? You know, my doctor mind. I'm doing my I'm doing my mainstream <laughs> medicine. You know, are you still in touch with reality? Did you do any psychedelics? Are these hallucinations? Have, are you manic? Is this part of a manic break? And I thought, okay, I'm going to put my doctor mind aside. Now, spirit was talking to me here because I. I might not in my doctor mind have thought to hold on a minute. And I asked his girlfriend to come in the room. And I said to her, I said, when he has these visions, do they come true? She said, yes. He sees things that come true. He knows things about people. And all of a sudden I said, you have, you have psychic abilities. You have paranormal abilities. And the girlfriend said, when he was three, his grandmother, who was a Romani gypsy, told him he had the sight. And I thought, okay, I've got to, I need, this does not come. If I send him to the hospital, they're going to call him crazy. They're going to put him on Xanax or even worse, an antipsychotic. But this will not stop these things because these are not hallucinations. Now, I'm somebody who always, I read the Seth books way back when. I knew about Edgar Casey. I understood things from the other side. My mother and grandmother, very, very psychic. And I sat down and I put my medical thinking aside and I said to him, you are not crazy. He almost cried. He was so relieved. I said, you have unbelievable sensory abilities, things that most of us only get now and then, a little bit of intuition now and then. But I said, you are letting the information in the universe come into your field and you know it. And you know it and you see it and you're connected to it. But I said, you're not putting up enough barriers to let yourself operate in the human world. You're not getting enough sleep. You're getting too much anxiety. You need to learn how to shut it off and turn it on when you choose. Well, the look of relief on his face was enough to, it was like being handed a pot of gold. Oh. He was so relieved that because he thought he was going crazy. And I, I told him he wasn't. I was relieved that I didn't have to call the state police but I also thought, you know, mainstream medicine has no box to put him in. There's no diagnosis for him. There's no healing path for him. This is not enough. This way of looking at health for people, for promoting well-being is not enough. I need more. So this beautiful young man was my switch to open up to other things. Wow. But you were already there somewhat. Like you said, you were reading the Seth books. You knew about Edgar Casey. You knew that reality existed, or at least other people were experiencing it. And there seemed to be some verification and you were reading that. But then when you interacted with this person, you, you yourself stepped into a shamanic role for the first time, perhaps. I was, in looking back, again, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't understand any of that. Looking back, I was altered. I was uh, downloading whispers. I call them whispers from spirit, but only this wasn't whispers. These were loud voice. These were <laughs> sentences being told to me. Do not do, do not label him. Do not do this. 
This is a miraculous young man, incredible gifts. Don't let him think he's crazy. So that was the big frequency shift. That was the main activation point. You also pointed out in your book that the book Shaman, Healer, and Sage helped you. I don't remember, and you can tell me, um, help me remember. When you look at somebody's face, like your guru's face, and you get a zing, is that Shakti? I, I believe don't remember so. the name for it. I think so. It's that energy transference. So when I, I, shortly after this young man, I bought the book Shaman, Healer, and Sage, something about the title. And there's a picture on the front of Alberto Violdo, the founder of the Four Winds Society, with a picture of Machu Picchu behind him. And I got a zing that, that was huge. And I immediately signed up for a long, at least four year, if not five year uh, training of all of his courses. Wow. Um, so yeah, that young man was a doorway for my different path. So that man was the doorway. And then the author of that book you send is the one that heads the healing, the light body school. Yes. So wow. Alberto is a medical anthropologist. So he went to central and South America to study cultures and alternate healing ways. And as he was studying them, he met a professor um, in Peru who took him to different villages and told him all these things. And finally, after years and years, this professor showed Alberto had learned then in all their travels to the villages that there was this powerful medicine man of the Andes, but he could never find him. He kept asking, where is he? You know, I want to meet him. Um, one day they're walking to a really, really remote village. And I remember Alberto telling us this story and the children came running up to Alberto's um, professor, guide and teacher and started calling him Don Antonio, Don Antonio. And then Alberto realized that for several years he had been training under this English speaking, educated Lima, Peru professor who turned out also to be the most powerful medicine man in the Caro villages. So Alberto got, um, he got guided by spirit. Wow. And Alberto brought, he brought all those things. He brought all those teachings back to the United States and set up training for people to learn those techniques. Wow. And then after five years of studying, you felt like you really grasped it, like the shamanic perspective and all the experiences you found? I felt like I really got it, but I also knew that there were other approaches under the same big picture. In other words, I didn't have to just stay with Peruvian shamanism. So I started seeking out other teachers. And one of my teachers, Dr. Carl Greer, he had studied with Mongolian shamans and Ethiopian shamans. And so I got other perspectives and there are other light workers who don't even talk shamanism but they get it. They get that we're floating in this, you know, in this divine matrix and we're connected. And anyway, you know, all that, <laughs> all that stuff, you know, you don't have to do it just the way the Peruvians do it. It was just one pathway, one modality, but in studying these other cultures, shamanisms, their, their various forms of shamanism, what were some of the common threads that you noticed? For me, the things that I immediately resonated with that I think are present in all is to know that as humans, you are just part of the web. Yes. We are not separate from a deer, a chipmunk, a comet, a moon. Um, we are part of this interdependent connectedness, which I think we now are really seeing the power of consciousness um, and that every, every living being has an intelligence and a, um, a spiritual quality that you can tap into, call it life force, call it their, their vibratory signature. 
Um, so I love that part. And the other thing I that I found very powerful is that a shaman is asked to intermediate between the unseen world and our literal 3D world. And I love that also. And the thing that a shaman does, and I think this is true for all cultures I can think of, is they do rituals. So these, these powerful mind and body processes that in doing so kind of, I sort of see it as establishing this incredible spiritual and energetic vortex. The ritual sort sort of you start in sacred space and the power builds and I can just feel the swirling around. Um, so I think those are probably the core, the core beliefs from, from my looking at it. And, and it's very interesting that regardless of where it shows up in the world, shamanism is pretty much the same. Like the, like you said, the engagements with spirit, how they interact with the physical world. It, it's, it's very similar. Yes. And, you know, I guess each culture has their belief in God, certain gods, like Africa shamans would probably have their group of gods and energies they talk to. Mongolia, um, you know, would have the wind and the thunder and Native American might have something else. But it's all about that unseen world. And for me, the power for healing and what I express in my book is when a person can connect with those other energies and frequencies, they are gathering power to themselves, aligning themselves with that power and that wisdom. And then you can really make a shift in, as you said, we're in the dense 3D world. And sometimes we're like concrete and things don't <sighs> bud. But you want to bring in all of this, you know, this starlight and all these other frequencies, you can really shake it up. Yes, you can empower yourself. And in reference to the shaman and the shamanic world, are they accessing the quantum field? You talk about in your book how they're accessing the quantum field for healing. But is that really the case or is it just what our human minds are calling the quantum field? It's actually something far bigger. We just don't understand it yet. I don't know what they're accessing. I am feeling that they are connecting with, I'll call it the quantum field. I'll call it the Akashic field. I'll call it um, the universal information field. I'll call it consciousness. And it, I believe that has an intelligence and I and a wisdom, and I believe that is where things are getting accessed. Or it's happening somewhere I don't even know about. <laughs> Our human you perceptions know, I mean, are somewhat limited. I mean, we, we do have a way to expand that and process more information, but who knows what's all out there? Yes, you never know what's <laughs> out there. But I do <laughs> love the fact that your book does not at all discount the value of Western medicine. You just don't think it's like the complete picture, it, but you don't discount it at all. Obviously you're a doctor, you have a physiology degree and this Western medicine, it does come from inspiration, right? Like these people are trying to solve a problem. These people that have made medical advances, they're trying to solve a problem. They meditate, they go think about it. They go into deep thought and they get some form of inspirational download that then, unlocks that medical advancement. So there is something to be said for that. And I love how you integrate both sides and you talk about that in your book. I'm not going to, I cannot say, uh, I'm not going to throw Western medicine out. I, I know that, well, let me just tell you for 25 years, I've gone to workshops as a, as a classmate and people go around the room and say why they're there. And I'm going to tell you, at least 10%, if not 25% of the time, you'll have people who say, well, I'm here because I have a medical issue, but doctors are terrible and you know, Western medicine is terrible and they don't listen and they don't get it. And you know, so there's this energy that you have to pick alternative and dump Western. And I don't think that's the full picture and I don't think that's right. Um, 
when you are in trouble and we're talking a bad infection, you had a bad, a bad pneumonia, COVID even, um, if you are in a car accident and you have a trauma, if you need a knee replacement, if you have a brain tumor and you need that taken care of, you need Western medicine. There's some brilliance there, but you can add to it and steer your own future by the tools I teach. Bring in, bring in that connection to the unseen world. Bring in your spiritual power. Bring in your consciousness and steer it. Yes, take control of yourself. You heal yourself. But again, those doctors, those people that have made medical advancements, they are tapping into something to get that inspiration, right? Well, when you think about it, I think one of the best examples of somebody that we all know that have been told um, really believed in the mysteries is like Einstein. Yes. I mean, he, he downloaded unbelievable stuff. Um, many, many people go into the realms of these brilliant geniuses, go into the realms of intuition and download information. So, yes. Wow. Well, I do love how your book explains this shamanic understanding for a Western mindset. I, I think that's huge because really, again, your book is fusing these two concepts together. And there was a point where you started integrating shamanism with your, your patients. And you talk about that a lot in your book. Well, you know, it's about pull all the pieces you can. Don't, don't tackle, especially a health problem. Don't tackle it with half baked approach. Give yourself all the power and wisdom you can. And, you know, I've told a couple of people when I've been on other interviews, um, when, and medical doctors are often afraid to talk about spiritual or soul or, or you know, getting information from a uh, divine source. But I found that when you do talk about it, using the language the person themselves might use, they're happy to include that broader picture. They want to be seen as whole, as a, a soul journeying um, out there in the universe i think there's an intuitive truth there they feel it so when you talk about it it, it activates something very deep inside of them and they are not just a number on a lab report and they're not just they're not just a disease a name of a disease which puts them in a box that's defective um, they, they are being reminded that they are so much more and that feel that feels good. Yes, because if their body's failing, if they're truly graduating from this dimension, it's good to know that you have that life, that existence outside of this physical vehicle. And you have that knowledge outside of this physical vehicle that you can call on some helpers. I call them helpers and pull yourself back from the edge, get back from the cliff. Who are these helpers? Let's talk about that. Since you brought that up, tell me about these helpers. Who are the helpers? Some people say angels, ancestors, spirit guides from your perspective. What do you think about that? Tell me who these what? helpers are. So I first learned that term um, or consolidated in my thinking when I studied Frank Fool's Crow, a Lakota um, elder, very powerful medicine man um, who has since passed away. But um, that he tapped into, he called it great spirit. But there are energies, I've experienced energies that are not mine, that come from the earth, they come from um, surrounding us, different vibratory frequencies. And I have experienced the intelligence of those energies and have allied myself with them. Um, in some of my meditations in my shamanic training, um, a huge tawny colored puma jaguar would come in and 
has since been, um, I again, I call it a helper because when you look at these external energies and you feel them and you, for example, that you visualize a power animal, you visualize a root a wolf, and you think about the qualities that the wolf may um, embody, whether it's courage, whether it's love of family, whether it is knowledge of your environment and ability to make your way through it, you bring those energies to you through thinking about that particular power animal. And then you can start working with those energies that may not be prominent in your own personal field, but you can build them and then take them on and expand your vibratory presence. So I call these energies helpers. Uh, many people have guardian angels. Many people talk about spirit guides. And there are, you know, there's so many books written about the other side. And there's so many people who are capable of being mediums and um, showing you that loved ones are not gone. But that assistance is there and available to us. Is it an ascended master? Um, is it, you know, is it a galactic force? Um, I don't know what it is for each person, but in meditation and visualization, you can find it. Um, and they then you can have a dialogue and ask for assistance. Isn't that amazing that we have these extra dimensional helpers in all these different forms from spirit animals, like you said, to angels, ancestors, ascended masters. And you talked about in your book that Mother Mary and Jesus are kind of archetypal masters for you. And they're just out there to help us. And I just think it's so cool that. Jesus seems to show up everywhere. Like he he's all over new age culture, Christianity, Catholicism. I mean, uh, Egyptian mystery schools, everybody seems to appreciate that energy. And when you, if you were to sit and feel into it, you could feel the power of that energy and the heart centeredness and the, the light and I do talk about how you can sort of assess what's a higher energy versus a lower energy. Right. Um, and I just keep reminding myself of uh, David Hawkins book, power versus force. He was a psychiatrist who worked at the national institutes of health and then had an awakening. He was MD PhD and he went to Sedona and he meditated on these, this uh, chart of, vibratory frequencies and what was a more higher emotion than another. You probably remember that chart where it puts love way up at the top. Yes. Puts fear and jealousy and anger way down at the bottom. <laughs> um, and, and to talk about those, and he intuited um, their frequency value, their vibratory value. Um, and Jesus is way up there, like way up on that level. That's very interesting. It just uh, several of our guests in various thinkings and various uh, schools, you could say all talk about their interactions with that energy. And it's, it, it doesn't um, belong only to Christianity, right? I mean, we call it the Christos energy, but it's a universal um, high vibrating frequency that, and it, when you tap into it, um, it's incredible. Yes, of course. And so then what is our issue now as humans that we're like, now there are some people that are aware like yourself, but most people have some distortion with their mind body connection. Like something's off. Like what is happening there? How can people reconnect that pathway? Right now in today's, I think you can see it in today's media and the things that are going on, there are huge distortions. Yes. I have, I have a couple of ideas about that. I'll just throw them out. This doesn't make them true and it doesn't make it the only thing. We are bombarded by galactic and planetary changes, energetic changes, bombarded by solar flares, um, 
bombarded by technology, um, EMF and all that. And I think that stirs us up. I think our fields are um, bombarded is the best way I can think about it and stressed. So for me, the best ways to really line up your mind, body, and spirit are from meditative time, or even if you're just doing quiet time, especially associated with nature. Getting out and literally reawakening the fact that you are a piece of our natural world, literally sitting or standing on the ground and feeling your body's energy field connect with that of the earth is unbelievably healing. And then if you are um, not, I'll just use the word, the flow of life force, if you're not flowing through your chakras from, from your crown down to your feet, there are exercises you can do to meditate and visualize on those energies uh, coming down through your system. A lot of people have incredible downloads from spirit, creative energies, heads filled with beautiful ideas, but they don't get them forth to our manifested world. They don't bring those energies all the way down out their lower chakras to actually become action in the world. So there's all this jumble, um, and I usually see it in the higher chakras. But you can do techniques to visualize that life force um, flowing freely from crown to root and just to have that flowing and make that beautiful so that then you can download and bring it into action because all these downloads to me it's it needs to become action to change our world absolutely without the action there's nothing and is this what you talk about in your book as upgrading your energy field and also in that same idea is every time we interact so we have an energy it's usually visualized by people who see auras and things as a as an egg shaped around us, extend out of our body. Every interaction we have, and as humans, we we exist to connect to others. We exist to resonate with others. So we open our field to be part of a community, to be part of a geography in a local area. But every time you open your field, then you are your energy body is getting an interaction with the energies out there and sometimes then i kind of see it as you'll like i think you'll like this visual by the way i see this it's kind of i don't know it doesn't have a lot of truth perhaps but i like how it is we are we are our own little spaceships i kind of think of star trek okay and we're out there in the galaxy and we have little docking stations where our little our little mini star engine or whatever i forget what it was called that you you let it out of the mothership and it goes out and takes a little voyage and comes back we have little attractor patterns all around our field and let's just assume we're a starship out there even if you consider us an orbiting body a celestial body we are getting bombarded by the stuff around us. And sometimes rocking stations, our attractor fields match something coming in and it gets stuck on us. And it gets stuck on us, but that doesn't help our free flowing energy field. In fact, it adds kind of, it gloms us up. But every time we interact with anything, well, somebody says something bad about us, you know, how many times we've been online and you have a Facebook presence and somebody has to put something nasty those things affect us. They attack, They have some kind of, let's call it at the very least, an indentation in our field. At the very worst, it's stuck. So we have to clear ourselves a lot. And nature is, for me, the quickest, simplest, free uh, washing machine for our energy field. Um, other people can find other ways. Other people like really deep meditation. I'd like to be outdoors in nature. Yes. I think nature is probably the most potent. And like you said, it's 
reminds you of your place in nature. Are these the imprints you're talking about? Clearing your energy of imprints. Yes. So all your little fender benders from how you walk in the world and get bonked by everything around you. And at the worst, even and sometimes we choose to open up to somebody and join up with them and share a docking station energetically. But some that person doesn't have our highest self in mind. And sometimes that person is an energy drain. And to start to be aware of that um, and then be able to clear that so you don't lose all your power because you're basically being parasitized. And these are some of the reasons why in the modern world, our mind-body connection is so distorted. It takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of work to stabilize that. You do have to do your personal work. You, this, you can go to a healer. I just think of, I don't know if you remember the story of Wayne Dyer. He had a leukemia and one of his um, followers, one of, uh, you know, said to him, I need to, I'm worried about it. I'm going to go to John of God on your behalf and fix it. And indeed his leukemia went away but not long after Wayne Dyer died of a heart attack. So something shifted, but the vitality wasn't preserved because I do believe you have to keep doing, you have to keep doing the day-to-day work. Absolutely. Because like you said, there's more forces than ever to create that distortion. And do you think that there's some sort of nefarious thinking behind it? Are there forces that are doing this intentionally to keep us from being our absolute self? I am not an expert in exopolitics. I am not an expert in um, the uh, galactic dimensions and what other um, extraterrestrials might be out there. I do I I do think there are dark energies and my teachers my shamanic teachers have reminded me there are dark there are forces that want to accomplish dark that want to suck all of the power to themselves those could exist on earth without believing in ETs I happen to believe there are ETs but those could exist And there are, even let's just stay in the human realm, there are energy suckers. There are people who literally, whether they know it or not, thrive off of taking other people's energy. And again, it happens through those docking stations. That's what I call them. Um, So you do have to be very clear what you join up with. But we are here. By choice, even with all of the pitfalls and the 21st century earth situation, we are here by choice. It's what you talk about as a soul contract. Can you tell me about the soul contract and also talk about the hall of contracts? So, yes, we're here by choice. And truthfully, this is a very potent time in human evolution. So it's kind of a cool time to be here. But I'm not saying it's an easy time to be here. (laughs) Absolutely Um, not. (laughs) So I read several books. Alberto taught us about soul contracts, but I also read Michael Newton has a book, uh, Journey of Souls and Life Between Lives. And I I trained also um, as a past life regressionist. There are past lives and there are people with whom you interacted in past lives um, and your soul pod, I'll call it your soul pod that show up again in this lifetime. And there are, I see this in my patients all the time, there are rules under which they operate. They may not know the rule, but there are rules under which they operate that keep them from seeing themselves as healed. And one of the most powerful things you can help a person do is to recognize that they have this limiting belief that, may have even been, you don't even have to talk to them about a past life, but um, may have been started in a past life with an interaction with someone. 
um, this idea that you are always limited because of something. And we all have contracts. Um, we all have things that are part of our makeup that are repetitive behaviors that we do because um, we are called to be that kind of person. But sometimes that saps our energy. So the hall of contracts is um, my variation of uh, meditation I learned in shamanic training to visualize uh, and through a meditation, preferably a guided meditation. And in my book, I describe this and I say that if you want to read it into something and record it and play it back for yourself, and then you can just follow the words um, rather than being awake enough to read and take yourself on a journey to this sacred hall. And as you enter the hall, you will see a library. Maybe that's the Akashic library of all of these scrolls that have written down all of for each person the contract that they have their soul has written at some point in their existence and you can then visualize sacred beings bringing that contract to you as you sit at the table and showing you that you have agreed at some point and at some point it was probably for the good of yourself you have agreed that you will always take care of everybody around you well, that's not working anymore when you don't have enough energy for yourself. So you know that that agreement ha is draining your power. Well, then you can visualize and negotiate with the sacred beings a new way of being in the world. Renegotiate the rules under which you operate. Change that guiding force, that guiding belief. Changing your beliefs is so critical in shifting your outcome. So I put it into a meditation that gives it myth and spiritual power. Absolutely. And it's beautiful. And in your book, you, you go even deeper. So if you're feeling that and you're like, wow, I want to try that, it's in that book. And this technique that you've developed because you try these shamanic techniques with your Western medicine patients and you were getting incredible results. So you, do you call this technique maximum medicine? I think for me, maximum medicine is taking all of those pieces and bring them together to put forward in your helping of a client or a helping of yourself. Maximum medicine is don't leave anything out. <laughs> you know, if you if plant medicine works for you, great. If essential oils work for you, great. Crystals, I'm I'm in love with stones. Um, stones have incredible power. Absolutely. You know, magical realm. How many people, if they really admit it, if they want to be brave enough to say it out loud, they believe in fairies and they believe in, in um, elementals and they believe in wood spirits and they believe, you know, there's energies that you can bring in as your helpers and that's maximum bring all your helpers in essentially utilizing every aspect every tool that's out there in the universe in every dimension yeah i mean sometimes it might be a new thing to try and you'll try it and you find out eh, that didn't work <laughs> so well then then do a little a little meditation to clear yourself to um, well, you know, let's let go of this that came in. It didn't work. I don't want it anymore. Let's let go of it. But, you know, try it and see if it feels good. Yes, because we can adapt these things. We're just humans having a human experience. So all the things that fellow humans have learned throughout the centuries, these shamans, they can be utilized by everyone in different techniques. It doesn't have to, like you said, fall into one category. It's all there as tools to heal. Yes. And don't we love that? Yes. I mean, just think of the power. Just think of the power. Wow. You know? Well, as we evolve as humans, we truly are going to integrate all that. We are going to aggregate that knowledge and 
use it for our advancement spiritually and physically. It seems to be right on the horizon. Can you feel that? Yes, and I want to I want to add to I want to join whoever else is going to push for this and hit the tipping point. I'm ready for us to to step into that to break open. Absolutely. I it seems to be humanity's absolute destiny because everything is made out of love. There's only one place it could go is love. And whatever happened in this dimension on this planet during its entire history that was part of the process. And when we get to that higher octave, it's going to make sense. We will understand. And the earth itself has its own evolutionary process, its own magnetic field, and it's carrying us along with it to that higher frequency existence as well. And I think that's what those changes going on in the earth is what's adding to our distortions. Right, because we're picking up on that intuitively, and it's it's it's. I don't want to say shaky foundation, but the foundation, the energetic foundation of the Earth that we're used to, feels unstable. It it is very um, activated. Yes, and those are hard for us to do, especially when we're bombarded by our literal world, EMF, social media the yap, yap, yap that's out there. It's hard, you know? Well, there's so many things that are designed, like you said, to weaken our energy field, to drain us. And they've been honed. They've been developed in such a way that they get the maximum effect, the clickbait, the, the endorphins, all the different things that are released when you read these fear-based news articles, that's all there by design. And they've, they've gotten better at it over time. And I, I happen to think, and I I may not be true, but a lot of those are there is a there is humans exerting power over other humans. There is a huge desire, and again through um, through the corruption of media um, to subjugate us. I believe I believe that, and you know. There does seem to be something harvesting that energy while we're being subjugated, whatever's pushing us down or whatever is holding us back from moving forward, that frictional energy, that energy that there that's there, something is feeding on that. I don't know what it is. I think I don't know either, but I think <laughs> that we have enough capacity as humans to be evil that I don't have to bring in, um, you know, the galactic federation i there's enough evil possible we see that in many of our politicians there's enough evil there um we don't we don't need any help from the any other planet um we're doing it pretty good by ourselves yeah well one theory i have and tell me what you think about this is that in order to have the high frequency technology where you're essentially using consciousness itself or God as your technology, you have to be a high frequency being like you have to be elevated in such a way that you're past kind of all the lower frequency behaviors of a species. Do you, do you think that's accurate? I think you have, yes, I think you have to have the capacity to resonate with a lot of those dimensions. Yes. Um, but you know, I who was it? Let me see if I can remember. And you you'll probably know. Was it Gurdachev, the India philosopher? Um, who was it? But anyway, one of the one of our biggest challenges is to keep our minds free of being told how we should be and should act. Our freedom of thought. Yes, it is one of our most foundational and important things. And one thing that you talk about in your book that came up quite a bit is the concept of Aini. Yes, tell me yeah. about Aini. That is to get, I believe, to get the most peaceful, vital outcomes in your life, you have to operate from this place of Aini. So Aini is a sacred relationship. It is a reciprocal balance of energies. And basically, that's 
whatever you give, you have to, you get to take, but you have to give. You cannot keep taking and taking and taking. So it's more of this kind of resonant symbiotic relationship with the field of energy itself. And it's also, you want to establish a relationship that exists that is sustainable. Um, and so, and it's also predicated, a very key part of Aini to me is also the concept of gratitude. You don't keep, you can't sit and ask in meditation for these higher beings to keep helping you and helping you and helping you and helping you and helping you and, helping you and you do nothing in return. Um, even, you know, the something you do in return may not be something that these beings need because the truth is what we have to offer on a human level, they're way beyond that. But you do need to put your better self forward. If you're going to take all this help to evolve, then put your better self forward. Put your light into the world. Don't be a taker. Um, we have so many of those in, in mainstream media, so many prominent political figures who just suck us all, think they're going to suck us all dry. You, that's not the highest spiritual evolution. Wow. So that's a beautiful concept. Anyi, it's Peruvian, right? Isn't Doesn't that come from the Andean training that you received? That's where I first learned it. Um, I believe that it is a, a Quechua word um, and from the Caro Indians, Q-U-E-R-O Indians of the Andes, Aini, and it talks basically about there's you're part of a community. You are part of a community. So what you do affects everything that you are going to give to your community in order to then be sustained the next day. And it usually starts with giving before taking. Yes, because it puts that energy out there in such a way that it's coming back. It's very simple. You could even strip it all the way down to say what you put out comes back. And if you're asking for these things, you're saying from these higher beings and you're not putting out there, there there's no reciprocal energy happening. There's no energy movement. I, it's not sustainable. Yep. Wow. Wow. We've had such a great conversation. I, I can't believe that we already ripped through an hour and 15 minutes. This is just incredible. I'm just trying to make sure that we cover everything because I do want people to check out your book. It's such an amazing book. And what do you think though about psychedelics? Plant medicines are blowing up right now. Everybody's into them all over the world. How do you feel like from your own personal perspective, how do you feel like these plant medicines can help us? First, let me say that I have except once in high school, when I lived in Taiwan, I have not ever taken a psychedelic. And I did, and when I was in high school in Taiwan, I actually, I'm telling you something I don't tell people. So this is interesting. But anyway, <laughs> it was my senior year and my girlfriend and I were going to go out and we went down in Thailand back when in my day, it was a long time ago, because I'm older than you are. Um, we went down to the the road where the hotels and the hostels were there for the hippies that were coming through because that was the best ganja everywhere. My girlfriend and I bought some weed to smoke. We were seniors. We were going to, I'm telling you, I started tripping. I started having visual hallucinations. It was not a very fun time. Whoa. And my girlfriend called, we went to this little bar we used to go to and she called her friend over who was a military policeman. I was ready for him to arrest me. Um, and he looked at the little match book that we had these little mat matches that were in a box, you know, the kind that you push the drawer out and he looked at it and there were white crystals. He said, this is opiated hash. This is a, so uh, anyway, the tie so for stick. Someone, yes, the tie oh stick. It's God. called tie stick. It's from Thailand. Oh my golly day. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that aside, I've never been brave enough to do it. However, 
plants are incredible. The journeys that open up, I just think about, um, I interviewed for my my um, Maximum Medicine show, I interviewed Howard Charing, who is a Amazonian uh, researcher and shamanic, um, has done a lot of training. The power of ayahuasca to open you up, the power of the psychedelics. I think the professor who's in Albuquerque, I think maybe Dr. Richard, I want to say Strasburg or Strassman, for finding out how those plant medicines hit the very receptors of our our meditative journeys. Um, so I think there's power there. Anything that can open our minds. Now, you do have to have the person running your you know, if you're doing ayahuasca, running your retreat, you have to have an ethical person who's because the your energy field's going to be wide open. That you could easily absorb the toxicity of people around you, so you need a very powerful leader and guide, and you want the pure stuff. You don't want to think you're smoking weed and really be smoking opium. Right. Yes. Like, there there are charlatans out there. It's good to be aware of that. Yeah, you want high ethics. Yes. And I would recommend for somebody like you, if you ever did trying to dip your toes in that water again, DMT is becoming legalized. It's already decriminalized in Colorado. Within a few years, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of legal psychedelics, at least on the state side. DMT only is about a 15-minute experience, at least in this dimension. So maybe so that's, that's what that professor, Dr. Rick Strasberg or Straussman. Yes. Straussman. That's what he was studying. That's right. That e enotropic, I forget the word. Uh, entheogenic. That's the word. Thank you. Oh, Hey, I, I have your back. <laughs> well, Thank you for that. Well, the thing is, is that's in our brain. A lot of people talk about how you can activate the DMT in your brain to heal via meditation. That a lot of those things like sweat lodges and deep, deep meditation, it activates that DMT that's already in your brain. I love that. Very powerful stuff. Well, we could go on for hours. I have a feeling, but alas, our time is coming to an end. So I do want to tell people where to find you. So the website, right off the bat, we're going to give the website out. It is drsharonmartin.com. So D-R-S-H-A-R-O-N-M-A-R-T-I-N, drsharonmartin.com. And she has uh, two radio shows on transformative talk radio, Maximum Medicine and Sacred Magic. And of course, the book, that we're talking about, which all of you, if you're hearing this, you want to heal yourself. Perhaps you're going through some health problems and you just don't have a solution because you're only focused on the Western medicine side. Check this book out. Maximize your healing power, shamanic healing techniques to overcome your health challenges. It's on Amazon and anywhere that you can purchase books. It's out there. It's available. If you're feeling this, if you want to learn more, get this book because really it's like a manual for using this ancient shamanic knowledge to heal yourself. There's meditations, there's all different kinds of structured situations that you can do in that book. That's going to help you. It gets my highest recommendation. People go check that out. And Dr. Martin, before we go, is there anything else you'd like to leave our audience with? So thank you to those of you who have already bought the book. I went to number one on Amazon. And it's yes. also, yay, these processes are also good for any kind of life challenge because you are, as Jake says, you are getting your mind, body, spirit all aligned. You are bringing in the power of spiritual helpers and you are setting your intention. So you I want people to know you can take back your power. Um, we have, we humans have a lot of power and we need to access it. And then bring your best self forward to change our world. Let's evolve in the right direction. Yes. 
That's yes. beautiful. We need you to evolve, people. Let's all evolve together. That's what we're trying to help people do with this show. That's what Dr. Sharon Martin's trying to help you do. Let's all be our best selves so we can activate the new earth. Don't you want it, people? Right. I know I we do. I know I do. <laughs> Let's do it. Yay. <laughs> well, Sharon, thank you so much for being here. Please hold through the outro music. Okay. And everyone... What an episode. Check out that book, Maximize Your Healing Power. Thank you, Dr. Martin. Thank you very much. Bye. And we will see you next week, Midnight on Earth. <laughs>